Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Friday, December 22nd, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Turning first to local weather, Riverside residents are experiencing a cooler day, with the high reaching 62.5 degrees and lows dipping to 55.9. Now, let's look at the stories we're covering today. The situation in Gaza is escalating, as the death toll tragically surpasses 20,000. We'll bring you the latest updates on Israel's expanded ground offensive and the responses from the international community. Back home, a powerful Pacific storm has ravaged California's coastal areas. We will dive into the extent of the widespread flooding, the ongoing disruptions, and what this means for our state's emergency response services. And in international news, the demand for bionic prosthetic limbs is soaring among Ukrainians. We'll explore the significant hurdles they face in accessing these life-changing devices, amidst challenges of high demand and prohibitive costs. Stay tuned to Alex's News for detailed reports on these stories and more. Breaking news this morning. A serious escalation in the Middle East as the death toll in Gaza has now surpassed an unimaginable 20,000. Israel has expanded its ground offensive despite international pressure to de-escalate the conflict. For a deeper look into this tragic situation, we're joined by our reporter, Ethan. Ethan, can you give us an update on the current situation in Gaza? Certainly, Grace. The situation in Gaza is dire. Despite calls from the international community for a ceasefire, the violence has intensified. Philippe Lazzarini, the UN official who's been to Gaza multiple times since the warfare began, paints a bleak picture. He's been working tirelessly to coordinate aid in the region, but the task is becoming increasingly desperate as the conflict continues. The infrastructure is critically damaged, making aid delivery a Herculean challenge. Ethan, you mentioned Philippe Lazzarini's efforts. What are the key elements that are contributing to this growing crisis? Well, Grace, the conflict, which involves not just Israel and Palestinian groups, but also other factions within the Middle East, has a deep-rooted history. The expanded ground offensive from Israel is in response to what they see as aggression from Palestinian militant groups. The international community is concerned about the collateral damage imposing on innocent civilians, including difficulty in delivering essential humanitarian aid. This rising death toll must have significant implications. What does this mean for the region in the long term? It's a powder keg, Grace. The rising death toll exacerbates tensions and could lead to an unstoppable cycle of violence. It also invites scrutiny and criticism from around the globe, potentially impacting Israel's relationships with other nations. For the people in Gaza, it means continued suffering and potentially a generation deeply scarred by war. It's a turbulent situation indeed. Moving to other pressing international news, let's discuss Argentina's economy. With an inflation rate over 160%, Ethan, how is the country coping, and what measures have been implemented to address it? Argentina's battle with high inflation has pushed a staggering one in four people into poverty. To combat this, the government has implemented several strategies like devaluing the peso, cutting subsidies, and raising interest rates, among other actions. The International Monetary Fund has recognized these efforts as steps in the right direction, but for many Argentinians, it means an everyday struggle as the price of goods and services continue to soar. That sounds like a precarious situation for Argentina. Lastly, the report touched on various regional and international issues. 
Can you briefly walk us through some of these? Of course. Globally, we're seeing a mosaic of events shaping the geopolitical landscape. Earthquakes have struck China and Iceland, while voters' concerns in Congo's elections and a new maritime protection force in the Red Sea show how regional stability is at the forefront of international relations. Meanwhile, Putin has faced a year with considerable challenges in scrutiny, and the U.S.'s prisoner swap with Venezuela has made headlines. Each story underscores the complex web of global interactions we're facing today. Ethan, thank you for these comprehensive insights into today's top stories. We will continue to monitor these developing situations closely. It's my duty, Grace. Thank you. Next up, we'll discuss the significance of the winter solstice and how it's celebrated around the world. But first, a short break. Stay with us. In a significant turn of events, a powerful Pacific storm has struck California, causing a wave of flooding that stretched far beyond the coast, all the way into the Mojave Desert and even parts of Arizona. To dig into this storm story, our reporter Chloe has been closely monitoring the situation. Chloe, can you outline what's happening right now? Absolutely, Grace. What we're seeing is a meteorological phenomenon known as a cutoff low, which has brought extreme weather conditions to areas that aren't typically prone to such flooding. This has led to drivers being stranded due to the high water levels and widespread power outages, affecting thousands. Cutoff low, that's an interesting term. Could you explain what that is for our listeners? Of course. A cutoff low is a low pressure system that has been cut off from the main jet stream flow. This means it becomes stationary and can lead to prolonged periods of wet weather over the same area. And without the jet stream to steer it away, it can linger and cause the kind of extensive rainfall we're witnessing. It sounds like conditions are quite severe. How significant is the flooding, and which areas have been hit the hardest? In the northwest of Los Angeles, towns like Port Hunami, Oxnard, and Santa Barbara have been notably affected. Oxnard saw a staggering 3.18 inches of rain in just an hour, that's more than their entire average rainfall for December typically. Climate scientist Daniel Swain from the University of California has called attention to the extraordinary intensity of these downpours. With the storm expected to stay a bit longer, how might this impact people's plans, particularly with the holiday season upon us? Grace, the timing is indeed problematic. With the storm predicted to persist for several more days, there's a real possibility for disruptions to holiday travel and shopping. It's a busy time of year, and these delays could lead to significant headaches not only for travelers but for the economy of the affected regions as well. As we see officials in southeastern California responding to manage the flood's impact, what measures are being implemented to ensure the safety of the public? Local officials aren't taking the situation lightly. They're deploying standard emergency protocols, including issuing flash flood warnings and, in some instances, declaring a state of emergency. This allows for a more coordinated response, particularly through the California Governor's Office of Emergency Services, which works alongside FEMA to provide necessary support and, when needed, financial assistance. With conditions potentially changing rapidly, what should residents be doing right now? Residents are strongly encouraged to stay informed and follow the guidance of authorities. This means keeping a close eye on official warnings and adhering to any advised precautions. Californians can visit the California Governor's Office of Emergency Services website for updated information, and they should also follow social media channels for real-time updates. Chloe, thank you for that comprehensive report. It's clear that those in the affected regions need to remain vigilant and be prepared for the ongoing challenges posed by this unusual weather event. 
Absolutely, Grace. It's crucial for everyone to stay safe and informed. Good morning, and if you're just tuning in, here are some other headlines we're following today. As Christmas Eve approaches, shoppers are scrambling for those last-minute gifts. Many are wondering which stores will be open as various retailers have announced their holiday hours. Some will keep their doors open to accommodate the late rush, while others choose to observe the holiday with closures, so plan your shopping lists accordingly. The legal saga involving rock legends Nirvana has made headlines again. While specifics of the lawsuit are under wraps, it likely pertains to issues of copyright or image rights, a familiar tune for the band that has shaped the face of music for generations. Turning to international news, the United Nations is experiencing hiccups in moving forward with a Gaza aid resolution. The United States is backing a less strongly worded draft, but there's division as other nations call for firmer language, exposing differing views within the UN on managing the conflict. Meanwhile, in Gaza, the violence is impacting US-funded projects, with reports indicating at least five projects have faced damage or destruction amidst the turmoil, showcasing the complications involved in channeling foreign aid during times of conflict. Military strategists and experts are churning out analyses on Israel's military moves in Gaza, labeling the campaign as notably destructive. The debate continues over the balance between military and humanitarian aid, both of which the United States has significantly poured into the region over time. And in a lighter note to end our headlines this morning, let's talk about a spark of hope and joy with Spain's Christmas lottery, El Gordo, starting to dish out millions of dollars in prizes. As one of the most anticipated festive traditions, El Gordo is not only the world's largest lottery in terms of total prize money but also a cherished cultural event that brings Spaniards, and indeed some lucky international participants, together in celebration and the sharing of good fortune. That's a wrap on our headlines today. Stay with us for more news and updates throughout the morning. We now turn our attention to a story that underscores both the human cost of conflict and the advancements in medical technology. Since the war between Russia and Ukraine began over a year ago, there's been a heartbreaking number of casualties and life-altering injuries. One aspect that is becoming increasingly important is the need for prosthetic limbs, especially high-tech ones that can provide greater mobility. Joining us to discuss this further is Ethan, who's been following this story closely. Ethan, can you first give us an idea of the current situation in Ukraine regarding prosthetics? Absolutely, Grace. The situation is quite dire. Since the war started, there have been thousands of amputations in Ukraine, many of them soldiers wounded in action. But it's not just about losing a limb, it's the quality of life after such catastrophic injuries. Now, there's a rise in demand for bionic prostheses, which are more advanced than traditional ones. They use myoelectric technology to pick up on muscle signals and allow for smoother, more controlled movements. But, Grace, these devices don't come cheap, and the demand far exceeds the supply. It sounds like these bionic limbs could make a significant difference. Why are they preferable to the conventional prosthetics, Ethan? They are indeed a game-changer, Grace. Conventional prostheses offer basic functionality, but bionic limbs bring a level of normalcy and independence that's truly transformative. They're designed to mimic natural movement, which is critical for getting back to day-to-day -day activities and even return to work in some cases. However, they're complex pieces of technology, hence the higher cost. Speaking of cost, 
I understand there's a Ukrainian startup that's been trying to address this issue? Yes, that's right. It's called Esper Bionics. They had actually been focusing on the US market, but since the war broke out they've readjusted their strategy to supply 70% of their products to the Ukrainian market. They're trying to ramp up production, but with over 100 people on the waitlist, they just can't meet the massive demand. In Ukraine, Esper Bionics provides its bionic prostheses at zero profit for around $7,000 per piece, a fraction of the $20,000 plus price tag in the US. That is quite a significant price reduction. But still, $7,000 is not a small sum. How are Ukrainians managing to afford these bionic limbs? Well, Grace, most can't afford them on their own. They have to rely on additional funding from charities or rehab centers. And while Ukraine's public healthcare system provides traditional prosthetics for free, those who want bionic ones, which offer much more functionality, need to find extra funds. It's a heavy burden to carry on top of everything else they're dealing with. I imagine so. Could you touch on how bionic prostheses are impacting the lives of those who receive them? Definitely, Grace. There's a particularly heartwarming story of Alexis Cholas, a combat medic who lost his right arm. Thanks to a bionic prosthesis, he's been able to continue his work as a rehabilitation specialist. He's quoted as saying his prosthetic was love at first sight, and it feels like a part of him. This kind of emotional and physical restoration is invaluable. It's more than just giving someone a tool, it's giving them back a piece of their identity and capability. That's incredibly moving, Ethan. As this situation continues to develop, what implications do you think this unmet demand could have? The big picture really involves how we address the needs of those affected by war injuries in terms of accessibility, Grace. If there's a silver lining, it's perhaps that the spotlight on these issues could accelerate development and lower costs for advanced prostheses. The hope is that with enough attention and funding, more people like Alexis Cholas can get the help they need to rebuild their lives. An important point to keep in mind. Thank you so much for that in-depth analysis, Ethan. We'll continue to follow this story and see how it unfolds. My pleasure, Grace. Here's hoping for more positive developments in the near future. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the Perplexity API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.